0: He's a well-respected high school football scout Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary The coach, Keith Miller He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst
1: Craig, Craig Biggins
0: Together they bring you the transparent truth The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews (laughs) (laughs) Transparent tr- 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 <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, you're now listening to the transparent truth It's your boy, Coach Keith Intercom Studios in the Miracle Mile Blessed on a Tuesday, I know you're hearing this on a Wednesday But we're in here, we, I'm talking me But I got a goat on the line, Greg Biggins, my man, my co-host, how are you?
1: Blessed to be here
0: No question. Well, no question. Absolutely. Well, listen. A lot of people probably didn't wake up this morning. A lot of people doing a lot worse off than we are. So blessed and highly favored, and uh, praying for all those out there who are in need. But with that being said, GB, it was a very busy weekend of football here out in Southern California. A couple things going on on the Richter scale. You had the Pro Football Hall of Fame showcase and combine. Dominguez High School. We also had the Adidas Regional 7 on 7 tournament at El Camino College. We're going to talk about both of those things here coming up shortly. But before we get to that, GB, we always start off the show with some recruiting news. Greg Biggins, give us what you got.
1: Yeah, so a couple of commitments, including a 2021 kid, which if you're scoring at home, that means he's only a sophomore right now. Tyler Buckner at a San Diego uh, committed to Notre Dame, Keith. So, for those who don't know, he's kind of been a national name since 8th grade. He was already pulling in a ton of lacrosse offers. He was rated as the number one lacrosse player in America as an 8th grader. Uh, UCLA was his first offer. Uh, there was a connection there. Jim Morris' kid actually had played with or against Buckner. So, he was kind of a well-known kid. I'm a huge fan of two-sport, three-sport athletes. So, I think Buckner... Uh, it's interesting, though. There is a, I don't want to say there's trepidation, but I know some... Irish fans are a little bit nervous. He hasn't yet to finish a varsity game, Keith. He started one last year and tore his ACL in the third play of the game. So uh, Notre Dame has taken a chance on a kid. Um, but for me, it's worth it because I think the guy has some special traits. Very, very smart, highly intelligent kid. I already mentioned the athleticism. If you're an elite-level lacrosse player, it means you're a pretty good athlete. You're a pretty tough kid as well. Uh, the kid throws it pretty well. Uh, that's the only thing that he lacks right now is his game experience. But I think, uh, I think if you look at the physicality and the frame and the tools and the smart, uh, high IQ kid, smart kid, tough kid, I think he checks off a lot of boxes. So I think it's a nice early pickup for the Fighting Irish. At of
0: South Bend. You know, I like it. I, what I like better, Greg, is the fit at Notre Dame. Brian Kelly, a guy, somewhat of a quarterback whisperer. He's won a lot of games, but not elite talent at the quarterback position right now. Ian Buck, of course, out of Northern California, a good football player, but I don't believe the type of recruit that Tyler Buckner is coming from. San Diego, headed over to South Bend. Brian Kelly, a fantastic offensive coach, does a great job at Notre Dame at the quarterback position, putting his quarterback in a position to be successful, surrounding him with weapons and concepts that are conducive to the skill set. Notre Dame getting their guy Tyler Buckner really high on him GB haven't seen a ton of them like most people haven't but when you watch him throw the pill he's a natural ball deliverer he's got special intangibles from what I hear I can't confirm those but from what I hear and you know Notre Dame gets their guy Tyler Buckner out of San Diego going to be a piece fu- part of the fighting Irish
1: other commitment of the week was Peter Latou from Bethel High School in Spanaway, Washington. He committed to Oregon. Uh, took a visit out there, 6'4", 230-pound outside, linebacker. Also can play a little bit of tight end. Uh, still has some work to do academically. That's going to be something to, to monitor. But from a just a physicality standpoint, just from a talent standpoint, the guy is an elite player. He's you know a top three 300 player nationally in my eyes, and, and Oregon's getting a good one. Um, the key for him again, kind of just monitoring the academic side and making sure he's he's doing what he needs to do on that end. But from a like I said, from a playing standpoint, Peter Latou going to Oregon, that's a really nice pickup for the Ducks.
0: Big, long, athletic. Got a chance to see him up close and in person on my trip to the Pacific Northwest a few weeks back. Latu is a kid that can play multiple positions. They used him at safety. He's used as a nickel Sam. He uses an inside backer. Shows some versatility, but like you said, he's got a skill set that can come in, develop, be ready to play. He's got to make sure his academics are in order. But in terms of an athlete, a jumbo athlete that can get on the field early and often and make plays for the Ducks, Latu, locked and loaded to head to Eugene.
1: So, Keely Ringo, who is so stinking good, so gifted out Seguaro High School, is uh, on an official visit. He might be back, but he took an official visit to Texas yesterday, Keith. And there's a lot of buzz for the Longhorns right now with Keeley Ringo. I know uh, Washington is very much involved. Keely is originally from Washington, and uh, he plays for Tracy Ford's FSP team, which a lot of people on that FSP team uh, are looking like pretty solid Washington Husky lean. Sam Heward's already committed there. Uh, I could definitely see Savelle Smalls going there. I could see Sam Adams going there. Um, Keely Ringo also loves the Washington program. But I keep hearing a lot of buzz for Texas. They came in uh, Southern California last year, uh, took Bruce McCoy, um, took Chris Atamora, took Gabe Floyd. They are now doing uh, a phenomenal job recruiting the Southern California slash West Coast area And if they were able to land Keely Ringo, Keith, this is, I mean, this guy is special. Top 10 player nationally. Saw him this past weekend at the Adidas tournament. Uh, Just so big and strong and physical. He's not used to seeing corners that are just so big and strong, uh, but just tremendous straight line speed as well. I used to think, you know, maybe, uh, you know, not as fluid as he needs to be, but he's even shown me that he's much more fluid than I gave him credit for early on. So Keely Ringo, Keith, Texas Longhorns. Can you believe that one if that were to happen?
0: I can. I can. If you, if you look at the history, Arizona high school players have a little bit of a history of heading to the state of Texas to go play ball, right? Um, Kyle Allen, a couple years ago, um, the receiver who's now in the NFL playing for the Arizona Cardinal name, Slippermine, went to Texas AM. and uh, m They have a little bit of a history. Arizona kids heading over to Texas to go play ball. Keely Ringo, a number one corner pinpoint over the nose over a number one receiver. He's got lockdown potential and and I don't think that's a slight on you Greg in terms of you not giving him credit for his fluidity. I think that fluidity has developed a little bit over the course of the last 6 to 12 months. He is a little bit more fluid. I'd still like to see him and see what he can do playing off coverage because you can't press every guy on the other team but when he lines up on the nose, he's a difficult—he's a difficult guy to deal with, absolutely, because of his length and his size and his speed, his strength. He—he's able to control guys at the line of scrimmage, but can he play from that off position? Does he have the hips? Does he have the fluidity? Can he change direction, and get out of his pedal? We'll see as that comes down the road. But Keely Ringo is a big time player. There's no question about it. Like I said, top ten nationally. I had him in my top ten a while back, and. Uh, the guy has all the tools to be the next great cornerback coming out of the West Coast. There's no question.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun to kind of the, the debates can all year long, all summer at least. I should say spring, summers. You know, who's the number one corner between him and Elias Ricks? And I think uh, I think the one edge I do give Elias, I do think he's a little bit better playing off. You know, Elias obviously he's got that long frame. He's extremely good in press too. Not as not as physically strong as Ringo, but I think he's a little more a little more fluid. A little better instinctively gets his hands on so many footballs, so that'll be fun mm-hmm. to kind of see those two guys. That's going to be a debate, um, and it should be a pretty pretty good debate too. But uh, Christian Kirk is the uh, it was the receiver, yes. And uh, that's a that's a really good point just about the the little pipeline they had going in there. Um, uh, another thing with that uh, that FSP team, oh you know, Sam Adams, interesting. Uh, his dad played at Texas A and M. I already mentioned that Washington is a school that he's looking pretty seriously at. Uh, A lot of schools look at his frame and and they see him as a safety, but Washington is one of the schools out there that that is 100% saying running back, running back, running back. So, uh, Sam, uh, good tournament of the weekend, had a little bit of the flu, probably wasn't as great as he was in Vegas, but uh, again, kind of the buzz um, was a a little bit Husky-ish and also Jalen McMillan from Fresno who was uh, playing with FSP and he was tremendous. Uh, he was a top five player for me. Uh, they had him and G Scott, and uh, just really different players. G is such a you know a big, strong, physical kid. Whereas Jalen just he was just going by past people, mm-hmm. um, just taking the top of the defense. In the championship game, they got rolled by Ground Zero, but uh, Jalen had the two touchdowns, both deep balls, just beautiful balls by Sam Heard. So right now, uh, Keith Washington has a lot of buzz with Jalen McMillan also. So yeah. I actually crystal balled him to Washington. Uh, Notre Dame, he is going to visit there, I want to say, later this month. Um, He's going to Oklahoma next week. Uh, So I love the fit for Oklahoma just in terms of that offense. And then Notre Dame is going there for their spring game. Uh, USC is involved. Oregon is still involved. But right now, I I got him as a Washington man, Keith.
0: Yeah, knowing Mac a little bit, I call him Mac, but Jalen McMillan, um, he's pretty open in terms of school. I know you have him, Crystal Ball. That's your job to crystal ball, guys, and I get that he's he's an open kid in terms of recruiting I think Oklahoma has a great shot as you mentioned I think Oregon has a shot as you mentioned definitely think Washington is gonna you know make their push for Jalen McMillan but I tell you one thing the kid has an excellent skill set for the position in terms of size speed change of directions route running ball skills hands some edgy toughness to him that he doesn't get credit for Jalen McMillan's a big time player he can run past you he can break you down in a route and create separation. Or he can play jump ball. Uh, I really like him as a prospect. And he's going to be successful no matter where he goes. Jalen McMillan, big time, top five kid from the Adidas tournament. Definitely one of the probably top 10 to 12 receivers in the nation. No question about it.
1: And then uh, staying with the receiver theme. John, John Humphreys, uh, Colonel Omar had a great tournament as well. And uh, talking to him a little bit, I, I still, as, as I've had for a while, get to sense Stanford is in a really good spot. Um, Notre Dame is still trying. Washington is still trying. Uh, UCLA and USC are still trying. But, I mean, the guy has so many Stanford ties. Mom was a All-American volleyball player. Dad was an All-Pac 10 at that time, linebacker at Stanford. Uh, he has another sister who played volleyball at Stanford. So, uh, John Humphreys still feeling like he's a pretty strong Stanford leader. Would not be shocked, Keith, if that happens much sooner than later. We're talking like maybe even like at the end of the month, talking that that soon. So uh, keep your eye out for Mr. John Humphreys, who was uh, who was really good this past weekend. I hadn't seen him in a while because he's been doing basketball in the offseason. Doesn't do a whole lot of seven on seven. So it was, it was kind of cool to see him and, and uh, kind of see how he looked. Uh, Logan Loya, kind of the same story with him. I think I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago in terms of the schools. Um, Arizona State, making a good push for him. I, I love that fit. Uh, nebraska is making a push vanderbilt ironically is making a push they don't come out west a ton but uh, they really like logan as they should and then oregon is kind of still hanging around i don't know if they're going full court press but uh they are still around but up to school i think arizona state is probably making the big push but and after seeing him this past weekend again we, we've said it so many times there's not a tougher cover and uh, he was the one guy i think he caught uh four touchdowns in the championship game. Uh, I think one of those might have been an extra point, so just call it three touchdowns, but uh, two of them were on Ringo, including a jump ball where the whole place went berserk, uh, not used to seeing a guy, um, anyone for that matter, to kind of go and moss Keely Ringo. And I think people kind of look at Logan Lawyer, they don't necessarily look at him and think of him as a freak athlete, but he's just a great football player. So uh, for schools out there, man, Logan Lawyer is legit, legit, legit. Right now, ASU making a strong push. ASU also making a big push uh, for Gary Bryant, great tournament. He visited there, uh, for the spring game last weekend. And then this past Saturday, he was up at USC. I think those are the top two right now for Gary. USC, obviously they signed, uh, three players from Centennial this past year. And I get the sense that's kind of where his family would like to see him be at right now with USC. He went there for spring practice, watched the, you know, watched the team, watched the offense, likes what Graham Harrell wants to do, you know, with the, uh, you know, kind of a modified air-rate offense. They'll actually run the ball more than, than a Washington State Mike Leach offense, but it's still you know, a lot of four wide receiver sets. So I think Gary Bryant, if USC does well, I think, I think they look good for him. If they don't, watch out for Arizona State. Uh, watch out for Oklahoma. He's got an official visit set there. And then uh, also uh, watch out for Washington and UCLA. Those are all kind of like his, his top five right there. Go ahead and jump
0: in and keep. I need to catch my breath. Yeah, I'm out of shape. yeah. No, I actually. You know, it, it's funny, Greg. Uh, just the headlines coming out of the Adidas tournament. Logan Loya takes over, and you know everybody's shocked and surprised because he, of course, he wasn't one of the headliners. Let's be honest, he wasn't one of the headliners going in. I'm never shocked and surprised. I don't know how long we've been saying it on this show. Everybody loves Raymond. He's gonna go out there, do what he does. He's a a high level athlete He's a big time playmaker And the guy is just a really good football player Not sure what these other evaluators are looking at Not sure what these other scouts are seeing Not sure sure what these other coaches are thinking I know what I know And I know what I see And it doesn't surprise me Not one bit That Raymond took over El Camino College and uh, so, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more about that down the road. But just in terms of recruiting, I'm just not sure why. Well, I think I have an idea why. But <laughs> Logan Lawyer is a pretty special target. Uh, and that's just that's just what it is. Let's leave it right there and uh, let's move forward. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that kind of down the road here. Uh, GB? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, that that's that's kind of kind of there. I mean, the, again, we can go go more you know from a, a recruiting perspective but i mean that's that's good enough let's let's move on uh i i know your event was great you got a sleeper a sleeper to come out of that um so yeah let's hear it break, break that one down for me
0: no doubt before we get to talking about that event let's talk about our sleeper of the week
1: it's time for our sit and
0: sleep sleeper of the week really want to thank our guy larry miller he's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support
1: right back at him. Sin Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body Diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands, Thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow. Within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's
0: advertised price or your mattress is free. free! Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right. Our sleeper of the week. Man, got a chance to see about 200 kids, Greg at the showcase at the Pro Football Hall of Fame World Bowl Showcase this Sunday, this past Sunday at Dominguez High School. A lot of really good talent out there. Different positions. I thought the line group was really good. But there was a skill position player who jumped out for me, and he had a very good showcase performance. But I thought, most importantly, what stood out for me was just his competitive spirit. Um, He was scrappy. He was fighting. He was clawing. He was trying to match up with the best players there. He didn't turn down a rep. You just kept seeing him show up. So my sleeper of the week this week is a 2021 cornerback athlete, Servite High School, Mr. Noah Avinger. He doesn't know I was watching him so closely, but he just kept catching my eye. And uh, I didn't know who the kid was coming up, and I I like it that way. I don't want to know who the kids are by face. I want guys with their play to jump out at me. And this case, he just moved differently. He tested well. He had really good quickness. His change of direction was explosive. I thought he had vertical explosion when the ball was in the air. He had sound technique. wasn't great technique, but it was sound enough to kind of get him by. He still got a way to go in terms of being a technician. But Noah Avinger, an athlete, a three-sport, I believe, Greg, is what we talked about uh, off-air, off but a three-sport athlete, Fluid, athletic, fiery, competitive, scrappy. Uh, just a, a playmaker with some size and some length on the corner. Right about that good size at about 5'10", kind of 5'11"-ish. Noah Avinger, congratulations. You're this week's Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. Greg, you know anything about this kid?
1: Yes. No, he was on my all-tournament team after Vegas. He played on the uh, the Juice County Buckeyes, who— uh, honestly from a lot of people watching them were actually the best team in that event lost a heartbreaker in overtime to fsp blue chip but uh you know, noah was one of about five or six really really good young servite players um along with the guys we talked about you know Noah Fapita, T Mac. They, they all dominated i mean like noah avenger and, and Fafita, those guys they weren't just good they dominated the, the whole tournament they made it all the way undefeated went to the final and and kind of had it won there for a while. So. Uh, No, just a sophomore basketball player does it all really good. And if you're going to see Servite make a big jump, it's going to be, you know, these young guys. And, you know, we talked about what they do in in 7-on-7. You know, hopefully they can translate that to the football field. Obviously, they have have great chemistry um, as a unit from playing together so long. So uh, Noah's going to be – he'll be a national recruit. I definitely think he has the the size and skills that all the colleges are looking for. So uh, I definitely second that emotion on him being – The sleeper of the week.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. He's a a player. So let's get to the showcase a little bit. Again, around 200 kids. um, First off, I thought the parents conducted themselves with terrific class and respect. Um, I asked them very sternly to stay in the stands during our um, little presentation before it all started. They did. They cheered. They watched. They had a great time, I think. And uh, that was good. Secondly, I thought the players came out with the right mindset. They came out to compete, not only to compete, but to impress. Came out to compete and impress the scouts who were in attendance. And uh, let's start, let's start off with the offensive line. Some really good players up front, Greg. I want to start off with Brian Oney out of Chaminade, the big six foot six, six foot seven off the tackle. He showed some upside on the tackle position. Showed some feet, was tough in the trenches. Showed some feeling. mixed it up a little bit. I like what he what he showed. Um, Let's talk about Shea Womack, the offensive center up out of St. John Bosco. Man, he 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 owned the interior a lot in the eleven on eleven portion. Showed great leadership, great communication ability. Uh, Did a great job, you know, working with his group of five and keeping those guys in line and in sync. And I appreciated that. Um, talk about Daniel Morales out of La Mirada High School. Right tackle, aggressive, good feet, good punch. Had a, Did a nice job kind of standing in front of Edge, rusher, mirroring. J.T. Han out of Mission Viejo. You better look out for this kid. He's an up-and-comer. He's a, another tackle prospect, nasty, physical, and aggressive. Um, definitely a kid played to impress with a chip on his shoulder. Um, and I think last but not least a couple guys who we kind of know. Number 1 Dominic Perez, Rancho Cucamonga. Undersized as he may be at about 5 foot 10 at the center position, nobody showed more guts, heart and toughness um, in the middle of that offensive line, he took every rep, he fought, he scrapped, he clawed, put a couple guys on the ground, and uh, as Dominic normally does, he helped guys up, competed with tremendous uh, sportsmanship, and uh, at the end of the camp, it, you know, he was he was red in the face, but uh, green in the pocket, because he went out there and got his money, and then lastly... Um, I thought who probably had the biggest day out of anybody of the camp, and I'm talking about none other than six foot six, 350 pound Maximus Gibbs, out of St. John Bosco, played the left tackle position. Greg, uh, excuse me, the left guard position, and let me tell you something. When this kid puts his hands on you, it is over. It is over. He now has the ascending foot speed and quickness. To stay with second reaction moves. That was the big thing on Max. If you just go one way, he's going to lock on lock to you and you're done. But if you take him one way, bring him back, he didn't have the coordination, foot quickness, and balance to defend or fight against that second move, that counter move. He showed that a little bit this camp. And uh, subsequently... The college coaches who saw a little bit of the film, they were convinced that this kid is on the rise and on the rise in a hurry. Offers from UMass, Arizona State, and Florida State no no longer than two hours probably after the event ended. Maximus McGibbs is probably my offensive lineman MVP, um, and I thought he did a really nice job. Greg, what do you think about Big Max?
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I've seen him a couple of times this spring. I think he was at UA and Nike. And I just I was just big, big-bodied kid. Didn't see the, the the feet or the level of athleticism that I wanted to see. But uh, no, Terry Bullock was was sending me the you know the video from the event, and he goes, dude, Max is killing it out here. And then all of a sudden, you know. Offers started coming in for him, so uh, I'm I'm stoked for him. It's uh, that boss at offensive line. I think already returned. I want to say four of their five starters. Yes. So mm-hmm. he's got a chance to come in there and compete at whatever. You know, I think if it's, if he's as good as he looked that that day, you got to find a spot for him, right? It's just going to kind of interesting. Of you know, is he uh, is he can he play the guard position with that height? Um, does he need to slide out and play tackles? Does he have the foot speed? So it's an interesting dynamic. I'm I'm curious to see what he looks like with the pads on. Um, but no, it's, I'm always all about kids getting opportunities like this and going out and, and all of a sudden, you know, college is just, just going all, going, going all in on him. So, uh, good job. Big (laughs) Max. Like,
0: yeah, like we always say, Gray, it's about the upside, right? Is he who he sure, is? Sure, for sure. Right, you know, he's not who he's going to be in four years. I mean, you got, you figure the kid's 15 years old, right? At 19, 20, um, you can definitely see how good this kid could be if he continues to work and how far he's come in the two years that he's kind of been, or the year and a half that he's been at Bosco. Uh, I don't think he's an offensive tackle. He doesn't have that type of foot speed. I do think, however, he's a, a road grader. Um, he is—he can move human beings from point A to point B by himself, and I think he's a right guard. Um, I think that that his body will continue to shred that uh, the weight that's unnecessary. He, he will continue to improve his foot speed. He's not where he's going to be, but you can see what he could turn into with the right type of tutelage work and. Um, Experience at the position, so Maximus Gibbs. I'm really high on him. I think he is a right guard at the next level and at the next next level. Um, I'm calling him a NFL player as long as mentally he stays, you know, in tune and intact and locked into the game and helping in developing himself. This is a NFL right guard, um, a la uh, man. What is my guy's name? He played at the University of Alabama. Oh, a couple of years ago. He, oh my God, I can't remember his name right now. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. But he was, he was a big boy. I remember he was at the Senior Bowl when I was there. But um, I'll get you that name at some point. But Max, cut from Natcoff, just a big road grader and six foot six, being an offensive guard. Um, I don't think that height really matters for him As long as he Because Max can bend That's not his issue His issue is when he gets tired Will he stop moving his feet Right That's his issue So um, that's something he has to continue to work on. But Big Max Smith did a nice job. Let's go to the uh, wide receiver position, Greg. Had some pretty good wide receivers out there. Let's start off with Aaron Smith. Well, let's start off with the Centennial receivers. Aaron Smith, about a Centennial, ran some good routes, caught some very well-contested balls. He's a guy that's not going to get a ton of separation, but he is a 50-50 winner. Uh, And just a guy competes. He, He competes. Stock block drill. He's out there, you know, mixing it up, getting physical, playing with good technique and bend and leverage. Uh, you talk about the other Centennial receiver out there, Brandon Alvarez, all of five foot nine and some change. Uh, showed the quickness, showed the route running in the hands, got good separation on the outside, did an excellent job. Andrew Andrade. Listen, th- th- this kid's not going to test, you know, off the charge, but uh, listen, I got to show him some love. The guy just makes plays. You turn on the tape, he's just beating guys. He's just going up making great catches. Now, he's not going to go out there and run 4-4. It's not what he's going to do, but he's going to go make plays. I appreciate that. Um, and some other receivers in the Omar Black, I thought, did a nice job out there. Ty Eli, Noah Kelly did a nice job. Um, another kid who I thought really showed some met out there Hunter Koch Sean Gold two kids who didn't know too much about did watch some tape on them before the camp but they just went out there and made plays did a really nice job Let's, Joseph Smith ran some great routes I thought uh, the kid out of San Diego made some big time catches on the sideline toe drag swagging it so those are kind of my receiver guys. T Mac, T Mac out of Servite, a 2022 kid, about six foot two, six three, terrific length, great ball skills guy. He's a problem, and I know you said he tore it up in in, in Pylon in Las Vegas as well too. G B, what do you think about T Mac?
1: Elite, elite athlete. Um, do you remember his height? And, and I'm curious. Is he six think, two six three? 6'3"? would be. Uh, yep, I, I thought. Get,
0: yeah, I didn't. I didn't see his card. I mean, I can. Yeah. I can Look it up online because it's all in a database. But he was about. I think he might have been six two and some change, close to six three. But he had the length. He had the skinny he had like ankles. The athletic body, right? Yeah. A little
1: athletic looking frame. Yep.
0: Yep. looked like a two guard. Definitely look like yeah, a 2-1. I arm. love
1: those wing bodies for receivers. You know, the body control, they're, they're, they're not stiff, they're fluid in how they move around, and he's got room to grow and develop, so I think he's going to be, uh, you know, shoot, man, like so those those young Servite Friars, and they got some dudes over there for sure.
0: No doubt about it. Talk about a young dude that can go. Maven Anderson, second year in a row attending the Showcase. He played well, went out there, ran 4-5. or five. Uh, I mean, just built like a stud. Uh, you know, I would be really anxious and, and to put this kid in the backfield and pitch him the ball Greg I mean I know he's in the slot he's out wide he's running routes catching balls but I would love to hand him the ball with that frame in the 10th grade you can imagine it's only going to continue to build on top of itself he might he, somebody might want to try to get his, ball, get his boy the ball in the backfield he can hey, go, man, go
1: send, it, send Chad a text I'm sure he's open for uh, for suggestions
0: I mean, uh, yeah.
1: Of how to use – I mean, Akeli Arnold was a running back his junior year and absolutely killed it, then moved back to back to receiver his senior year. But uh, I definitely think Maven has a, has a running back body as well. He'd be dynamic out there.
0: Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're talking a kid who's 5'11", almost 200 pounds in the 10th grade. Give him a ball and, and let him get outside or let him stick his foot in the ground and cut back on somebody. You're going to see a burst you haven't seen out here on the West Coast since Stephen Carr.
1: Was he the, the fastest – Fastest guy there was he? Did he test the fastest, or did he just did he look the fastest? He had the
0: the most explosion, right? The the best burst. There were some other fast kids out there for sure, um, but in terms of playing speed and just once he sticks his foot in the ground, his ability to accelerate to top gear, nobody got to that point like he has. Or like, or like he did. So, maybe, yeah, yeah he's, he's explosive. Oh, yeah. Um, Jordan McIntyre from Chaminade did a nice job. So, that's just a couple of the receivers I wanted to mention. Quarterback, oh, geez, about 35 quarterbacks in attendance. Could not mention everybody here, but... Let's talk about a couple of guys. Ryan Zanelli thought he looked really good. The lefty had a smooth stroke. Dylan Guerra, the ball came and popped off his hands a little bit. Um, From Arcadia, he did a nice job. You talk Tyler Voss, the young 2022 kid about a Chaminade. This guy's going to be a really good quarterback. You better mark it down right now. It's going to happen a la Micaele. Made some really nice throws. Get up out of Centennial. Speaking of Centennial, Carter Freeland. Looks like he's gotten a little bit taller, a little bigger, a little stronger. He's got a fluid deal. Um, was accurate to the outside. Went back and reviewed the tape. And really made some nice throws as well. I like Makai Jordan out of North Torrance High School. So this, kid, this kid's a sleeper. Watch what I tell you. He's got some size at about 6'1". Um, he's really good athletically, but can throw the football. Can throw the football. Probably doesn't get enough credit or enough looks right now, but hopefully that change is coming up here shortly. Makai Jordan, I liked him. Um, lastly, I want to talk about uh, Malachi Nelson. How about Malachi Nelson? 2023. Headed to St. John Bosco. He was my Pro Football Hall of Fame 8th grade All-American last year. He's grown a little bit. He's now... Almost 6'2", uh, was really good in the shuttle. I think he ran 4'4 in his shuttle, so he shows the quickness. Not sure what his 40 was, but you talk about a kid who could throw the ball 70 yards. Very accurate. Uh, I think he needs to continue to grow as a leader and being vocal um, and being just that 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 presence. But you talk about a kid with all the talent. This kid has great talent and will be a big-time player at Bosco very shortly. And um, that about does it for me at the quarterback position. GB, want to move around a little bit. Running backs, uh, wasn't a a fantastic running back group, but a couple guys. Thought Blake Sullivan from Chaminade showed some quickness, showed some things. Um, Jordan Goodlow, thought he moved around well. There's a young kid, Keon Washington, who's headed to Bosco. I thought he did a nice job kind of in the slot. Uh he played mostly the slot, but we had him listed as a running back. So he did some things as well. Defensively, I thought the the modern day kids really stood out, We're talking none other than linebackers. Moses Cepalona, who played the safety position. I mean, his explosion is 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 Real evident his ability to turn and burst to the football for sure. How about Jacoba Fulma too? He played with a, a, a veteran savvy. Um, I thought his technique was really good. He passed rush really well. He got to the football, he did a really nice job there. Um, defensively, as as well. Uh, Let's talk about Malachi He's a big defensive end. Kind of got after some people in the pass rush, like what he did. Ray Lutelli, the linebacker from modern day, uh, had a nice little pick six in 11-on-11, 11 11, showed that he could cover in some space a little bit, did a nice job. So the linebacker group was was pretty good. They were active. They, they bounced around. They brought a couple blitzes in 11-on-11. 11 11. Those guys got home and did a nice job. The cornerback or the defensive back position, Uh, I thought it was solid I didn't think it was great But I thought it was solid A couple guys Who I thought stood out Jaron Flowers A young kid uh, Eighth grade kid I thought he did a nice job Not sure where he's planning on going George Bowers Made some plays um, Out at the corner position Excuse me John Burns He's got a safety He made some plays as well He looked good in drills Finishing it off here um, We're looking at Steven Quadra He was a safety Didn't know much about this kid But he came in He made some plays Thought he did a really nice job So uh, That's kind of my group For the Hall of Fame showcase Guys moved around well Greg I thought uh, It didn't go as well As I wanted to go Especially the The last piece The 11 on 11 team portion piece We had some guys Who had to kind of leave early Um So it kind of made things a little uh, challenging, just in terms of logistics. But I thought we got some really good work in the combine piece. The combine piece is a combine piece. There's a lot of testing going on. That is what it is. But I thought once we got into the showcase piece, um, I thought the drills went smooth. I thought they were intense. I thought they were um, efficient. I thought guys ran to the football. They showed their ability. Then we got into the competition pieces in the drills um stalk block bubble you know uh base reach cutoff uh cat and mouse you know pass rush linebacker running back mirror drill o-line d-line um you know press release cornerbacks dbs i thought it got competitive but i got it got competitive with an edgy but with no violence greg can you believe it no, there was no, there was no threatening. There was no cussing. The n word wasn't being thrown around everywhere. It was just good, clean, hard football. And um, once we got into the 11 eleven-on-eleven piece, it was it was competitive. Guys enjoyed kind of being in that eleven-on-eleven 11 environment. Quarterbacks struggled a little bit with pressure, of course. Um, guys had to move their feet. Guys had to throw under conflict. Guys had to throw uh, under second reaction. Pick six happens, a couple balls in the dirt. It's a little different from seven on seven, and I like that. I like a little bit different, right? Um, Seven on seven, kind of an easy game for a quarterback. Let's make things a little bit more difficult. Let's see who can really stand in the the heat of of pressure, in the face of pressure, and deliver the peel. So, um, all in all, Greg, it went well. Um, I was happy about the turnout. I was happy about how it was ran, and – a couple scholarship offers come out. I think a couple more on the way, and um, it was good. It was really good. So looking forward to uh, our next one here. And uh, it's gonna be in Texas coming up, Dallas and in Houston. But uh, it was a good event, and I'm thankful for everybody who came out and competed and and show what they can do.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come in one of these. I love the 11 on eleven, 11, on 11 concept. The, the only the only negative that I saw from you know the the, the Pete Carroll ones. And even if they still do it at USC, actually, it's, it's sometimes, you know, the D-line gets in there so fast that literally, yeah, you want it to be challenging for the quarterbacks, but it's literally like almost a waste of a drill half the time because it's like a one-step drop. Here comes 80 guys. The receiver can't even get out, you know, get out of his break before the guy's getting sacked. So you you want, the, you want the excitement. You want the competition. You want the quarterbacks to have to move around a little bit. Right. But at least some of the USC camps I've been to it was literally the guys didn't have a chance because the D lineman is always so far ahead of the O-line right. in those pass rush drills. But it's still fun yeah, watching just everything unfold.
0: You're absolutely right, Greg. You hit the nose on the head. And kind of what we try to do is we try to make sure that the run game is a big piece to it. You want to slow down those defensive linemen? Hand the football off. All right. You want to slow them down? Make sure you get a running back. Make sure you have a tight end. Make sure you guys are staying in, kind of chipping and releasing. So there's some things you can do to kind of slow that defensive line down, but you are right. You got a really good defensive line They can wreck the whole deal. At that point in time, you kind of got to get the ball out early, you know, fast-breaking routes. Everything is kind of quick, quick outs, quick slants, stop routes. Get the ball out early and get it out soon. Um, but I, I liked it. I liked it because it really made – I mean, you really saw the one on one work in terms of O line, D line. Um, but really, it's, it's the quarterback position. You know, it's the quarterback position that I think it's a, it's for me, it's a, it's a really good evaluation piece because some guys just totally shrunk during 11 on 11. And other guys, they slid, they climbed, they spinned out. Bought time. Let me tell you, Noah Fafita made a play that was spectacular. It was Russell Wilson-esque. It was spectacular. He he dropped back in the pocket. A guy came. He stepped up. Another guy came. He spent out and found a guy kind of streaking across the field, hit him, and and, and for a big chunk play. So um, guys who can get it done, they get it done. Guys who struggle to get it done, they struggle to get it done. You'll never know that until you put them in that situation. So, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, moving along. GB, Sunday as well, we had the Adidas 7-on-7 Regional. You were there. Get us started.
1: I was there, and it was uh, it, it was a good event. It was fun. Um, thankfully, I did not see any fights. Adidas kind of cracked down on, on that whole that whole deal. There was, you know, I was going to see a lot of trash talking, a lot of John, um, but it was a, a much cleaner event as a whole. A uh, little bit of, I don't know if you want to call it an upset. Ground Zero took down FSP. They played each other back in Vegas. FSP is, as we talked about, you're talking about um, Sam Heward. You're talking about Smalls, G. Scott, James McMillan, uh, Sam Adams, JT allow Loaded. Loaded, loaded group, but uh, that ground zero defense, and I'm just going call to them, call them the modern-day defense to kind of make this more of a high school <laughs> deal because we cover high school football. Um, it, it was Darion Green-Warren, Rajon Davies, Jalen Davies, Rajon Davis, Domani Jackson. Uh, those guys were really, really good on that back end, and that's kind of the key to winning 7-on-7. Seven seven. you got to get stopped. You know, they played against yep. uh, Pro-Way in the semifinals who had by far probably the deepest wide receiver group. I mean, they had two groups they would put out there, an a and a B team. And you know, you're talking about the A team had Johnny Wilson, Jermaine Burton and Gary Bryant. And then they would put their second group, which was Christian Dixon, um, Bo Collins, and another young pup who was a uh, 2021. 20, That's a pretty loaded group. That's not bad at all. Right. That's not bad. As you know, seven McGee was on that team. He, he didn't show up. Uh, he would have been another weapon for him, but they just, they had some dudes, um, but ground zero really kind of stifled them. You know, first play of the game, uh, Jermaine Burton goes up top, touchdown, and I don't, They really held them in check the rest of the game. Darion did a great job on Johnny Wilson, and um, Isaiah Young was in that secondary. Um, God, who else? Um, Real quick, great. all guys we talked about all year. You know, it was all guys yeah. that have excelled with the pads on. Yeah, uh, Duncan is on that ground zero team. Um, just all good quality football players offensively you know it's it's Aaron East in the slot It's Chad Johnson making plays out wide um, but Logan Loya was, was the star LV Bunkley Shelton those are the dudes that really stepped up in the championship game so you know just a, a, a real solid solid effort and um, you know Southern California it was kind of funny because you know the premium team and ground zero obviously don't like each other at all but you kind of got the sense that even some of the premium guys and coaches were all all kind of Cali, Cali over everyone. That was kinda of the, the mantra. So they're all on the sidelines screaming and yelling and, and doing all that. You know, if it was me, I would have probably put everybody to stand, but I'm kinda of, I guess I'm I'm Clint Eastwood, get off my lawn guy at times. I thought that was a little over I'm not a huge fan of adults yelling at kids, Keith. Yeah. It was kind of going on. Other other kids, you know, yell at your own kid but don't yell at another kid, another team, which I was seeing a little little too much of. But uh, again, I think that's probably more me than anyone else. But um, just a, a lot of good football play. I mentioned Keeley Ring already. Sabella Small's—we've we, talked about a ton on the show. Always blown away by his athleticism for a big guy. Yeah. Uh, I love John Humphrey. Love Jalen McMillan. Um, uh, Fast Houston was the was the one non-West Coast team that was out there, and, and they got some dudes for sure. Um, that I liked a lot. Was that McLaughlin's uh, like, team? McLaughlin's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think USC offered like three of their guys because they visited USC that same, the day before the tournament. And um, so um, they offered McLaughlin, they offered um, God, a guy named Eaton. What's his first name? I want to say Cody Eaton. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Eaton, excuse me. Um, and then, uh, also, uh, a really good representation of uh, a lot of the Arizona kids I love Bijan Robinson. I mean, you can make an argument. He's a top three back yep. nationally. Uh, he visited UCLA the day before his whole team did. So, uh, Matt Polk from Saguaro, big 6'4 receiver, uh, he got offered by UCLA. I think they offered a couple of guys, uh, you know, Daniel Magata played for, you know, Coach T. Uh, TMP was, was exceptional, you know, maybe the, the best all purpose back in the country. Um, you know our buddy Nate Kenyon. Uh, they made a great run. They actually tied Ground Zero in, in pole play and lost by one in the quarters to uh, FSP. And you're not going to find a better coach team. And which you know you got Nate and, and Matt Gutierrez, a couple you know Dana Sal guys sure. over there. You're going to see guys that are just they know what they're doing. They're smart. They're uh, they're really quality football players. And you know they had a they had a safety that I liked a lot from Las Lomas. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name. It's Jalen. A Paulette Williams. Okay, are you familiar with him at all? A
0: little bit. I know I've, I've seen that name.
1: He's like a six-three safety who the film was really good as well. He's been killing it on the seven-on-seven seven circuit. I hit up Nate, and I said, "Hey, you know, our great salt because again, he's a six-three safety with range and ball skills." <clears throat> and uh, and there goes the dog, um, and then. Uh, and, he's, and his film is really good, too. And I go, hey, so I always want to ask, hey, are the grades? He goes, yeah, he's, he's, he's you know, not at Harvard, but he's, he's getting better. He's going to be a qualifier. So mm-hmm. Jalen, A-P-A-L-I-T hyphen Williams um, was one of my favorite safeties and a, and a guy who just, again, if you like long rangy kids that are, that are tough, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I like that, those.
1: A, yeah, yeah. There's a kid named Jordan Johnson from uh, St. Louis, Missouri, um, another play that USC offered over the weekend, as did Texas, this guy was exceptional as a receiver. He's a top 100 kid for sure. Uh, Chris Hudson had a good event. Uh, James Smith from St. John Bosco is intriguing. You know, played behind McDuffie and Chris Steele last year. But James is, is a 6'2 corner who is going to be counted on to, to maybe be their, their top corner this year. So he's a, he's an aggressive kid, a pretty good athlete, and uh, he looked like he you know, he's got a chance to be really, really good. A uh, kid from Bishop Gorman, uh, Lincoln, 20 Mariner, uh, was one of the better safeties there. He's uh, a, another kid who's six one, six two. You know, Micah Bowens has had a couple of really good events back-to-back now. And uh, Penn State commitments. Um, you know, Bowens, at one point in his development, kind of looked more like an athlete than a quarterback, mm-hmm. but always had that strong arm. Yep. But he's really made some nice strides. His 702 team... Uh, minus Darnell Washington, made it to the semifinals before losing to uh, Tracy Ford's team. So, overall, you know, good event. Um, like I said, Adidas does, does a great job. Got to see a lot of really quality players, a lot of kids from Arizona that I don't, I don't always get a chance to see in person. Your, you know, your Bajan Robinsons, your Lathan Ransoms, um, Malik Reeds, um, you know, all those guys. So it was cool to see them. Justin Flo was out there, you know, knocking guys around, but, but showing that he can cover. I tell you what, the guy I love, I love Jermaine Burton. Like I just, this guy's oh, a yeah. dog. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's different. Like he is so tough, and you cannot get into his head. Like I saw some other players on his pro weight team kind of shrink back a little bit when they had other guys trying to be physical with him. You had the whole sideline yelling and screaming at them, dude. If you try to play Burton t- too close, dude, he literally was just launching guys. Like he was putting guys on, on their back. Mm-hmm. As, I mean, he's a he's like a bully. As a receiver, I mean, he's like Carmelo Anthony when he used to play and he would just like knock guys all over the place and go for that little jump shot. And he's got a, he's a legit 4 4 guy, too. So you add the, the speed and the athleticism with just his toughness and his, his mindset of just being, you know, I, I hate saying this, but he's just, he's a kid from the South. So he mm. just seems different. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just has a different way about him than every other guy that was out there. And they did not use him enough. He was playing. Out left the quarterbacks. I felt weren't looking. A lot of quarterbacks do. They kind of throw the ball to the direction they're facing. Which if you're a righty, you take your drop. You're facing the right side. He wasn't looking back shoulder backside at all where Jermaine Jermaine was and where I was standing. And I would literally tell the coach, I go, dude, you got to have your quarterback look back shoulder. Burns like three yards separation every single time. He's not looking there at all. You got to get this guy the ball. I'm like trying to coach up the coach, Keith. It was. Uh, it, it was it was frustrating for me as a fan watching this guy be open and he should he should be your number one target along with Gary Bryant. Those two guys were killing everybody and uh, they weren't really getting the ball as much as, I, as they should have. I thought, but all in all, it was good. Um, I think there's passing down and that might be it in terms of uh, All Star seven on sevens. And then I think we're going to high school will be coming up sooner than later, um, but. Uh, it was pretty good, Keith. Like I said, it was, it, was, it was cool to see a lot of guys you haven't seen before, and I thought Adidas did a, a pretty good job overall as well.
0: Yeah, Adidas always does a really good job. They're totally invested in 7-on-7 seven seven and the top kids in America. We all know that. And uh, normally they put on a good event. Sounds like it was a good event. It's interesting, as I was listening, Greg, a couple things stood out to me. Number one, Johnny Wilson played for Proway, did not play for FSP. That was a little bit of a surprise for me because it sounded like he was going to play for FSP kind of going into the tournament, but something changed. Number two, who was playing quarterback for Proway?
1: So they had Jaden Casey.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, Calif Astin, who I thought had a really good tournament.
0: Really like Um, him.
1: He was much more decisive than, I, I can't ever remember the kid's name. I want to say J.D. Johnson. It's The pinnacle backup to Rattler last year. Mm-hmm. I know it's JD, but I always forget if his last name. I think yes, it's, it's Johnson. Johnson. It's
0: Johnson. Yeah,
1: uh, big strong kid with a big arm. Yes, but in this kind of setting, you don't necessarily want that guy uh, who's just the big strong arm guy. You want the guy who can process really, really fast, make your quick reads or quick. Dis- I mean, Ground Zero's quarterback is the is the kid going to Cathedral, Lucas Lenhoff, who's just a freshman, right? Probably had you know the weakest arm there, could um, quickly stretched stretch the field. Kind of throws it half sidearm. If you guys remember watching, like I'm going to age myself, but baseball fans might remember like Dan Quisenberry, mm-hmm. from the Royals, mm-hmm. or even like Dennis Eckersley, a little little more famous name. He kind mm-hmm. of throws it sidearm, doesn't take a drop. You know, kind of rolls out right or to the left. And he kind of slings these little five, ten yard patterns. But that's how you win in seven on seven. It's not always the the most beautiful thing to see. Um, so I like JD. I, I I really do. I think he's going to develop into being a good quarterback, but. Uh, just, you know, whereas Casey was really quick with his reads, JT was kind of more of a, a one-read guy, kind of held the ball a little bit too long for me, and he wasn't really looking, you know, going across the field. Bryce Young was, was really good, as you'd expect. He's like the perfect combination of a guy who's got the arm to go deep. His deep balls were really nice, but he's also super smart and quick with his reads and his decisions. Yep. And uh, yeah, there's always controversy at these things. Keith, it was kind of funny. They, uh, they scored late, like 30 seconds left in the game. Wait, who
0: was they, Greg? Who was they?
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so, he was playing for premium. Uh-huh. Bryson was playing for premium. They're playing uh, against Pro-Way in the quarterfinals. Okay. Premium scores a touchdown. They're going to go for two in the win. They, uh, they called a false start on John Humphreys. He was going up against Clark Phillips. I believe he had just scored a touchdown on Clark Phillips. They're going for two in the win. Clark kind of kind of, you know, jumped at him. Mm-hmm. Humphreys flinched, and they called a flag on sports um, procedure on Humphreys, and when you go for, you know, conversions in these games, you don't get a five-yard penalty. You literally lose possession. So, you don't get a chance to go for your your extra point. So, obviously, coaches were upset about that. Felt like it either should have been, you know, no flag at all, because it's seven on seven, or they felt maybe the DP initiated it by jumping at the receiver, making him have to flinch. So, there were some controversies. So Proway actually upset Premium, who was kind of probably one of the favorites going in. <laughs> um, and they got bounced. Proway looked kind of gassed when they went up against Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. And the Ground Zero DBs were able to kind of kind of lock down on some of those gifted way receivers. You know, one guy, I don't know if I mentioned, but uh, biggest freak show in the event was JT Tuomalao. Kid <laughs> hit 6'4", 280, and he was playing tight end at and he wasn't just making like little catches over the middle. No. He was going deep. Yeah. And, and catching the ball 40 yards over his shoulder for touchdowns. Yep. Um, you know, he's been our number one guy in the class for over a year now, 2021. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at a guy, you know, Savelle Small, special, Justin Pillow, obviously. But if there's one guy who you're going to be able to say, dude, NFL 10 years, and he'll play for whatever, it probably would have been JT. The guy was, he is just unlike anything you, you, you've seen in a while. He's, he's incredible.
0: Agreed. A couple couple things that were funny. Number one, you said, you know what, there shouldn't have been a flag because this is seven on seven. <laughs> so it's seven on seven. Football rules do not apply.
1: I mean, you hey. can literally call P.I. at every single right. play. It's like, almost like calling three in the key on, on you know, pick up right. basketball. Yes. No, no one calls it, but yeah. you could if you wanted to.
0: Yeah no that that's fun. it was just funny to me it just stuck out in my head um and I'm sure there was a bunch of grabbing and holding because I mean, that's just 7 on 7 that's just what guys do they practice bad habits but um JT Tui Malo freak show seriously I thought what, the clips that I saw because of course I wasn't there but the clips that I saw from the event I thought Savelle Smalls looked phenomenal Greg um I'm watching him run down the field with five foot 7 170-pound running backs, hip-to-hip. Hip. Um, I'm watching him close on the football at linebacker. I mean, I think Savell has that type of versatility. Like a Micah Parsons, he can play middle linebacker. He can play outside linebacker. He could be a rush defensive end. You could use him at probably about three or four different – he could be a great tight end, three or four different spots. Uh, break down his performance for me if you can
1: it was everything you just said. It was, it was, and I've, I've seen him forever. And, and so was, you know, Brendan Huffman since like middle school, but he has gotten, he's gotten leaner. Mm-hmm. um, He's gotten more athletic. Yep. He's like you said, dude, he closes like a kid who's half his size now yes. and against ground zero. um, They, they went at him a little bit. They had some success against him because again, that's their offense It's these little dink and dunk. And you have, you know, Savelle Smalls trying to cover, you know, Aaron East in the slot. Right. And although at the next level, um, you know, that's, you know, Smalls would probably just grab East and swallow him. Of course. In that 7-on-7 seven seven setting, East is going to take anyone to school. I mean, he's just, East is a phenomenal route runner. He's so quick in and out of his breaks. You put him and LB Bunkley in the slot and have Savelle try to cover him. That's tough for anyone to do. For so sure. That was the one game, but again, I, I don't look... When I'm watching 7-on-7, seven seven, I, tr- I try to translate it to pass. I don't care how they look in that city. I'm, I'm more thinking about, like, okay, how would this translate? When you see right. Saval- Savelle, Just he is so much more athletic. He's running with guys, as you mentioned. He had one of the plays of the tournament, a little end zone fade. When he was playing tight end, I mean, if he was playing tight end full-time, he'd be... Maybe the number one tight end in the country. Yeah, I mean, he he could be right now. It's, it's done on Washington, mm-hmm. but Savelle would probably be one or two. No if question, he was a, a tight end. He could be a, a, a top defensive end. He could be a top outside linebacker. You know, he's he's he was already a great player. And he's he's gotten better, Keith. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's fun to see, and he's a great as you know. I mean, he's such a fun kid to be around. So much personality. Uh, just transfer. I don't know if you saw that. Just uh, he told me we knew it was going to happen a while ago, but he it, t- it became official. I believe it was yesterday. Yep. He transferred to Kennedy. Well, he'll play with Sam Heward, and uh, he's telling me he's going to catch 50 balls next year, which I totally believe he can because Sam is, is that good. So you don't see the, the transfer in, in other states the way you do in SoCal, but that's a, that's a big one for sure, uh, losing uh, Garfield, losing Savelle to uh, Kennedy Catholic High School.
0: Yeah, I know Eastside Catholic was in play there, but it doesn't, sounds like it, that didn't work out. Yeah, Sam Heward, Savelle, Small, you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know just talking to those guys down in Pacific Northwest. That's one thing that's kind of not, not kind of not, but is not on Sam's resume. Is like a big time win versus a big time team or a big time playoff win. Now he's got that number one guy to go to, and he's got he's a both sides of the ball type guy. And Savell Smalls, I just for me, Savell is just he's such a special player. That versatility, his playmaking, his physicality. That's a that's a rare combination. And those are what NFL players look like. Physicality, speed, playmaking, ball skills. That's what it looks like. So, um, sounds like he had a really good tournament. Sounds like it was a good a good deal overall. So Adidas regional seven on seven. Do we do you know what the national tournament look? I know it's in Tampa. Do you know what it looks like, Greg, in terms of team? Who made it?
1: See, that's what I I don't know because I don't know. Some of the, I, some of the, I assumed it was you. You go to the regional, you get you know top two or the top four teams advance. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I was already being told you know that like premiums going, and they were like they lost in the quarters. So I don't know if it's already if they just pick whoever they want to go represent in the national. Um, you know, I know the Hawaii team is already going to the national one. They didn't have to go last year. They came to the the regional. Um, the, the 808 team that has you know. Matt Sykes and Jordan Mattello and, and all those guys, um, those guys are already going to the one in Tampa. So I don't know how they figure out it. I know, you know, South Florida Express will be out there. They were the, they won it last year. They won it easily last year. So I don't know if they're the favorite. I think they might have lost in their regional to uh, like Tampa Fire or something, but um, I'm a big fan of, of South Florida Express and Ted Wilson and those guys, how they, how they run that. But uh You know, we'll see. We'll see. I've already been told FSP is going to regroup. They're going to have some reinforcements out there, so I don't know if they're going to have Johnny back with them. You you mentioned uh, Johnny playing with, um, you know, ProWay. He was on both rosters. I I think I saw Logan Moya on Premium's roster as well as Ground Zero. I saw Seven McGee on, like, three different rosters. It was kind of funny. So I knew going in there was going to be some, you know, some upset, hurt feelings. So, but FSP, you know, they lost Johnny. They picked up Jalen McMillan. That was probably a win, you know, for them. I like Johnny, but... You know, in that setting, Jalen's Jaylen, better. He's, you know, he's just a quicker, uh, athlete, more explosive athlete, and he, he had a better tournament as well. So, But uh, I'm not going to be going to the National One, Keith. I, I doubt you will be. I sir. think you're going to probably have something better to do that that weekend yourself, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's like, no question. Watch your car? Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. I'm not. I don't think I, I haven't been to a seven on seven tournament, Greg, in almost two years now.
1: Now, you guys are putting on – you're putting on your own pretty soon, right? Yes. With the, yes. When are those going to be kicking off?
0: Yeah, those will be kicking off here, uh, I believe, in March. So there's three of them. There's uh, Indianapolis, uh, the Chicago, I believe, and then um, I think one in New York, and then they have the national championship down in Canton, Ohio, at the Hall of Fame. But that's not my lane, and I choose for it <laughs> not to be my lane that's just that's just not who i am is that high school or is that like middle school no no it's high school okay yeah it's high school and um you know it's hey for those who are who love seven on seven and they die for it they live for it go and knock yourself out i support you in that endeavor it's just not for me and that's what i choose so you know it's all good go do your seven on seven thing I'll take Seville Smalls. <laughs> How about that? I'll take hey, Seville Smalls I, and some Pants. Yeah, I,
1: always, I always say this, and there's always exceptions to the rule. Seville Smalls, you, you know, I mean, you, if, if JT, to allow, can dominate in 7-on-7, seven seven, I guess if you're good in football, you're typically going to be good in every facet of the game, whether it's half-skelly, whether it's 7-on-7, seven seven, whether it's doing 1-on-1, whether it's doing 11-on-11, 11 11, whether it's, you know, playing pickup basketball, if you're good a lot of times it, it translates. So yeah, that's how I, for me, I view it as just part of the as evaluation part. Not not the entirety of it, just part of it. So um, I have fun with it, but I also understand that there are things about it that I that I don't love. and I do think people take it a little bit too seriously, and that's always evident every time I walk away and kind of shake my head and, and just why do people get so angry? That's always my I <laughs> feel. Why are people have all this rage? Come on, it's seven on seven. That's, that's my always my biggest takeaway when I leave. But, I, you know, it makes people happy. It, you know, if it brings you joy, who am I to say don't do it?
0: Yeah, no, please. I support whoever wants to and whoever enjoys it and the whole deal. I'm just a – you know, I was a linebacker, Greg, right? And, and a running back. And I like the physical part of football, whether it be, you know, red zone jump balls Or, you know, downhill runs or bubble screens where guys got to come up and get hit and get the ball popped out. I don't like the soft part of football. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. And then you add the soft part with the ignorance. Oh, I'm out. Tap me out. I'm out, coach. Sub me out, please. So uh, that's just what it is. Hey, Greg, really quick before we kind of end this show. I'm not sure if you heard about what's going on just in terms of this new FBI indictment. Of, oh my
1: gosh!
0: I, that's a whole nother show, but it's pretty bizarre. Yeah, I've seen
1: that
0: before? It's 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 pretty way out there. A fake nonprofit. Now I've heard of this scheme before. I just haven't heard it in this facet, when in terms of school. So a fake nonprofit is you donate money to a fake nonprofit. They entail buy off basically a athletic college coach or a SAT, ACT administrator for, you know, relaxed um, standards of acceptance to a school or yep. for somebody to correct yep. your answers on the test that your kid take, uh, turns in. That's pretty
1: deep. I mean, I think it's even more bizarre than that. You know, it's if, if we're referring to the, the same... One this morning with all the with the USC coaches, yes. the UCLA soccer coach. Basically, as people know, if you wanted to apply to get into USC, um, you know you have it, the standards for athletes are way lower yes. than they are for a regular student. So, the men's and women's water polo coach at USC, uh, Jovan Bobic, I mean, is he's regarded as the greatest water polo coach of all time. Like they win national titles every single oh, year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, no. I, you can make an argument. Like people think he's the best coach in all collegiate sports: basketball, football, water polo. But I mean, the guy is like his men or women's team. And obviously, there's only like four schools that are good in water polo. Yeah. Um, but like th- this guy is like legit. Um, the UCLA men's soccer coach was also involved, where people would would pay him, you know, a hundred grand to say yes, this is a recruitable athlete i'm going to recruit this person lower the admission standards the kid gets to the school and he gets a 100 grand out of it that's kind of that's kind of the read
0: yeah and, and, uh, and they don't play any sports right they don't it, play
1: any sports at all no so, all these famous you know actresses you know desperate housewives yes. um yeah it is it is i was reading that this morning just shaking my head and i'm my first thought was i'm surprised we don't hear that more often because i i know how desperate people are to get their kids into certain schools uh, it's just—it's just—and it's breaking right now. My first thought was, okay, the FBI. I just feel like there's got to be more important things for the FBI to worry about than this. Not saying this isn't an issue. Um, it's just weird to me that that's—that's what—that's what the the FBI investigation was was uh, was dealing with this. I, I, it was crazy. The whole story is crazy. It, everything about it is, is crazy. But that's—that's that's where we live, in Keith.
0: You know, and the FBI is involved in college basketball right now. Is of course the bribery case. Now another bribery case. So, I mean, there's divisions of the FBI that are going to be um, looking in, focused in on this type of fraudulent behavior in transaction. They're talking about six point five million dollars have been passed from hand to hand or account to account. Greg, that is pretty astonishing. That's a lot of money. And we're talking about some pretty ho- high-profile people here, right? We're talking... Very, very. Felicity Huffman? Yeah. Right, who's a desperate housewife, correct? Yep. I'm. Wow. I, I can imagine this runs probably really, really deep. They, it's probably a circle, a huge circle of friends who are in the know. I'm not in that circle. Me and Felicity Huffman, we do not hang out on Saturday nights. But... I can imagine this probably runs pretty much deeper than than we're led on to believe right yeah, now I
1: think I, th- I think that's only the tip I think there's going to be I think it is deeper I think right now you're seeing names already pop out for, for names to pop out this early like you got to figure like by the end of the week there's going to be even more names of people who you know we're trying to do the whole let me give you a million dollars get my kid in the USC get my kid into Stanford get my kid into Harvard I, I think fuck that. There's going to be a lot more names that we're going to be familiar with that are going to pop up as the week goes on
0: Jeez, the, the love of the love of money, Greg.
1: Root of all evil.
0: The root of all evil. I mean, just people will do anything for it. And you know what? For the people out there who don't have that type of money, I get the 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 pull, but for the people who do, you gotta know that money isn't everything. You gotta know that money is not gonna save your life. You got to know you can't take the money with you when you die. I just, I don't, what a, it's just the root of evil. It just, it just brings out the worst in people. Yeah. It really, really does.
1: Money, money in and of itself, probably the most misquoted Bible verse is Money is the root of all evil. It's it's not money. It's the love of money. It's
0: the love of money. Yeah. The
1: whole verse, the love of money. Yeah. If you're using if you have money and you give it away and you're generous and you you don't let it consume you, that's a beautiful thing. Um right. Yeah, it can ruin people.
0: And it does. Not can, it does. For oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is just I mean, you look at the the college basketball bribery case. It's just it's just way out. But it fails in comparison to what we're dealing with right now with this thing. I'm 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 curious to find out more. I'm going to keep a close ear to this story, and uh, (laughs) I'm going to go home and turn on CNN and figure out uh, what else is going on. But Greg Biggins, this is a pretty long show. I think we need to break this up into two shows. What do you think?
1: Hey, why not? That might work. This might be our Friday show. We're talking
0: (laughs) scandal. Scandal. Desperate Housewives scandal. Keith and GB going TMZ hour. We're going TMZ hour scandal. Felicity Huffman on the front page of what's popping. I'm paying six point five million to get my kid into Harvard.
1: Did you ever watch that show, Desperate Housewives? Oh, of course. Um, no. Eva Longoria. Not to try to be a jerk or rude, she was probably my least favorite housewife.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, Eva Longoria. Oh my gosh. Fire. Yeah, she's she's tough. He was a solid. I'd I'd say, a solid five star man. Eva. But,
0: yeah, but I mean, strong, if you're Tony Parker, star. she's regular.
1: Yeah, like, obviously he cheated on her.
0: <laughs> obviously, with with Barry's wife.
1: For the regular, for the regular guy, or shoot, even not a regular guy, man. Eva is. uh that's, that's talent. She's a talent. You
0: know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you know this, but Eva is very good friends with Kerry Washington. Okay. Kerry Washington is married to. My very good friend and my son's godfather,
1: Namdi Asma. Sure, sure.
0: So, can you imagine that I've met Eva Longoria a couple, on a couple of occasions?
1: I, I would not know that. Have you? I have. Is she? Uh, is she as strong? Oh, I, my Jameis Winston. Is she as strong in person as she is on the tube? Or no, she too, no, uh,
0: no, no. None of them are as strong in person as they are on isn't the that tube.
1: Interesting. I've, I've I've seen that too. I've realized that as well. Yeah. Being in you know Fox Studios and whatnot, it's it's crazy how. Uh, a lot of
0: makeup in person kind of throws you off a little bit. Yep, yep. It's not. It's not the same. Nice, nice lady. Love her restaurant in Hollywood, Bezos, but a nice lady. So uh, let's wrap this baby up, shall we, ladies and shall gentlemen? We? It's the transparent truth. My man Greg Biggins. It's your boy Coach Key. But uh, keep your ear to the ground. Um, scandal everywhere. Seven on <laughs> seven everywhere. Savelle Smalls, everywhere. Everybody's everywhere. But uh, here on The Transparent Truth, this is how we get out. Without further ado, there's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.
1: Beautiful.